0: Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have Zoomed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of exotic pets. Zoomed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care oxbow has everything needed for their best life the right hay and nutritionally complete foods treats and supplements litter and bedding and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew play hide and explore every day we're also brought to you by the bird food specialist zupreme which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Turtles. I think turtles is such a funny word, Dr. Doug Mader. It's just like this funny word, turtle. You sort of think like comedians say there's certain words that are funny, so they use them in their act, but they never use the word turtle. And I know you care about turtles, and a lot of people have them as pets, and I don't have any feeling about that. I mean, I don't have any sense of who gets a turtle or why they have a turtle. I had little turtles when I was a kid, but I never really thought of them as pets. They were more like objects that I could admire. So what is it about turtles that makes you and other people like them so much?
1: Oh, (coughs) excuse me. Um... Thank you for having me on again, Tracy. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you and talk to our audience and help them learn more and get excited about the animals around us. Yes. Um, turtles are great. You know, t- it's funny because there are, you know, a turtle is a is a reptile. So a reptile would oh. be a snake, a, snake, a lizard, um, you know, and then what we call turtles, which belong to the group called Colonia, which is the, the broad scientific term for them and that's for the the term for anything with a shell on it okay so and they're actually loosely speaking there are three different types of turtles and let me let me let me clarify that for you but backstepping a little bit there's about a little over 300 different species of different types of turtles okay then when you use the word turtle it's really a generic term and it actually refers to the colonia, which there are three types of. There's what's called the turtle, which is what you asked me about. Right. And yes, it's a funny name. <laughs> there's the tortoise. And then there's the terrapin. So there are, there are three very distinct groups within that overall uh, collection of colonia. Okay. So a, a, a tortoise, that's the easiest one to understand. A tortoise is strictly a land animal. Okay. They walk on their toes. So if you watch a tortoise, like a Galapagos tortoise, or let's say Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan is the longest living animal on earth, Um, turned 191 years old on January 12th. Wow. Um, 191 years, and it's still going strong. So that is that's an aldabra tortoise and then you've heard of the galapagos tortoises yes those are the extreme examples of the giant tortoises but if you look at them they have a very domed shell they hold their head up high they're strictly terrestrial and they walk on the tips of their toes now i say strictly terrestrial yes you'll see them walk through the mud and things like that but they don't live in the water they don't need the water to reproduce they drink water of course but they're terrestrial animals okay turtles on the other hand turtles Live in the water, okay, and they tend to really have a very thin, usually a fairly thin, streamlined shell. Um, the water can be um, usually it's going to be well, it'll be fresh or like a sea turtle, uh, like a green sea turtle or a loggerhead sea turtle, uh, salt water. And then the terrapin, on the other hand, they're kind of in their own little world, and they can live in freshwater or brackish water, which is like um a mixture between fresh water and salt water yes and turtles can go on land or they can be strictly in the sea like a sea turtle sea turtles basically only females come on land to lay eggs and they go back in the sea otherwise they spend their entire life in the water and then there are there are um, other freshwater turtles that have very similar type of of lifestyles um terrapins kind of can go back and forth they can go in the water they can go out of the water and so those are the three main groups. And then you ask me, why do they have them? It's because going back to what I said, that turtles are reptiles. Right. And I'm going to use for the sake of our talk today, I'm going to use turtles as a generic term. I'm okay. not going to call them colonial. I'm just going to call them turtles. Okay. But you understand I'm talking about the three different groups. Um, all of
0: which have their, their house on their back, basically.
1: They carry their house on their back. Absolutely. And what's amazing about them is that they generally have really amazing personalities and, yes, they are reptile, but when you talk to turtle owners, hardcore turtle owners, they don't consider them reptiles. They consider them in their own worldly class of animals. And, like, there are huge turtle and tortoise clubs all around the country. One really? of the biggest, yeah, hobby clubs, the California Turtle and Tortoise Society, they have thousands and thousands of members. And, again, if you ask them, they go, no, it's not a reptile, it's a turtle. I love you know? it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're, I, I have – three tortoises myself as pets and they got great personalities they know their names they come when you call them i hand feed them they follow me around the yard um if i'm working in the yard one of them in particular follows me around and just watches me wow not getting any feedback i don't give her any treats she just likes to watch what i do and if i put like a garbage can down on their side yep it'll go inside the garbage can and walk around like a uh a hamster and a hamster wheel, it, it cracks me up because it walks in the garbage can and then it starts walking and then the, the garbage can will start spinning around <laughs> the garden. Um And it's almost like it's playing. And so it's like Isn't it has that personality. Something? They do have ears. They, they can hear very well. And um, no, they're they're neat animals. they got great personality. And they live a long time, you know. I mean, some of the smaller ones maybe 20 to 30 years. But again, you look at Jonathan, the Aldabra tortoise, he's 191. So, I mean, a box turtle, which are extremely common pets, Eastern box turtle is the most common of the box turtle pets, can easily live 60 to 70 years.
0: What? Is, you mean those turtles that I had when I was a little girl?
1: Those were probably red-eared sliders. <clears throat> and okay. They can live about 20 to 30 years.
0: But that's very distressing to me. Because as a child, no one ever fills you in on this. The local pet store in those days, there was only the local pet store. There was no other place. There was no internet. There was no big box stores. There was, I don't think there were even veterinarians like you. I'm not a hundred. I'm not as old as Jonathan, but I'm kind of old. I don't <laughs> think that there were vets who specialized in exotics, or maybe there was one on the whole East Coast. I have no idea. But if I owned that turtle, and I gave them – there were they always had like a turtle bath. Right, it had a fake little island. Mm-hmm. I mean, you live
1: yeah, the in little paradise with the real tree and yeah, then the place yeah. where you put the dried flies. Yeah,
0: they had like a, a fake version of where Dr. Doug Mater actually lives, which has palm trees and sand and little islands. But I never was given or got that turtle and thought, okay, what are we going to do, pal, for the next 30 years? It was more like easy come, easy go, the way goldfish were. Why? Why has that changed? So there's a society of people who appreciate and admire and respect and name and have relationships with their turtles. Something changed.
1: You know, what's really interesting is, I mean, (sighs) I'm old as dirt as well, and I remember as a kid having, they called them penny turtles, and you could buy them at the Ben Franklin stores. Yes. And they were the little red-eared sliders. And this is an interesting story. They were actually, believe it or not, they were raised in humid, human sewage ponds in Louisiana. The reason oh they did God. that is because they didn't have to feed them. The turtles ate the sewage and then they sold them in the pet trade and they sold hundreds of thousands of them in the pet trade in the United States. And then they shipped probably millions overseas to Asia where they were sold as pets over there.
0: Pets or do they eat them? I'm just I don't want uh, to assume that everyone in Asia eats both, things, but
1: I'm not going to go down that street right now. Okay. Um, I just remember that was that was a huge market for these these turtles these little turtles that were raised in the sewage ponds. Wow. Then they realized that you know a lot of children that were playing with these animals were getting very very sick, oh. and salmonella raised its ugly head, and that's how turtles and salmonellosis came to life. And eventually, the USDA passed a law and said, hey, we got to stop this. And they made a law that said you cannot sell turtles less than three inches long. And anything above that is legal. Anything less that you cannot sell them in pets in the United States. They could be sold for research animals, but not for pets. And the reason they picked the three inches because they figured that's about the size of a small child's mouth, which cracks me up because that doesn't stop the kid from playing with it and then eating food. But they said, okay... Three inches or less, you can't sell it. Three inches or more, it's legal to sell. Um, And believe it or not, it actually worked. The number of salmonella cases went down dramatically to the point where it was finally under control. And it was because of the USDA limitations on the sale of the pet turtles.
0: But were Uh, they still growing them in human
1: waste? um, No, they started getting away from that. And and unfortunately, the red-eared sliders... Um, they're, a uh, worldwide invasive exotic now. Oh, I, I, I have not traveled to any country except, um, Antarctica and not seen red earth sliders because they've just spread everywhere. And, and so, and they've,
0: and they've done harm to the environment.
1: Well, they, they outcompete the local turtles. Really? Yeah, and I mean, they're incredibly prolific and amazing breeders, and that's why they're so available. So let's go back a little bit to our conversation. I mean, you can still buy them, and oh, by the way, they lifted the three-inch uh, band. Now you can buy them at any size, um, and oddly enough, you can still get those crazy plastic turtle bins that you and I got when we <laughs> were little kids. They still sell those. I'll be but damned. question about, well, how far has it come over the years, you know, thanks to companies like Zoo Med, yeah. I mean, they now make these right. amazing habitats that mimic the natural habitat in the wild that these turtles, tortoises, or terrapins live in. And That's a really good point. They they do so much better in a natural habitat with proper food as opposed to the dried flies that you and I used to feed them. Yes. I remember back when I was a little kid, okay, not so little, and I left for college. And I left a turtle. I had a I had a pet turtle just like everybody else did and i left with my mom my mom said hey i'll take care of it i kind of grown attached to it and then it died about a year or two later and i know exactly why it died from now 40 years later i didn't know then why it died it died from a vitamin a deficiency because we weren't feeding it properly but i remember her sending me a picture of it i remember telling me what happened it went blind and then it died because it stopped eating And at the time, had we known any better, we would have given it vitamin A and corrected the diet and it'd probably still be alive today. But we didn't know that. And so it died like millions of other turtles died or got flushed down the toilets, which is sad. I don't know, you know, little kids and and aquarium fish and turtles and things like that, you know, well, you're tired of it, just flush it down the toilet, out of sight, out of mind. Of course, everybody knows don't ever do that because flushing a fish down the toilet doesn't kill it, just puts it out in the environment.
0: And And it's not a very nice trip for it either no. if you had any feelings for it no. and even alligators didn't they did with baby alligators or
1: something my mom did that she was she used to live in new york city and her parents lived in miami and she told me the story when i was a little older she came down and bought an alligator at a tourist attraction for a buck took it back to new york kept it in the bathtub and then after several months of it being an alligator and not doing well her she, she she flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> so the stories of alligators in the sewers in New York are real. It's can't real, and well,
0: we all contributed real. out of complete yeah. ignorance. And it's true about Zoo I mean, if you go on their website, or if you happen to go to a, uh, any of the many brick-and-mortar pet stores that are generally run by pretty passionate, exotic uh, owners themselves, you'll see displays of the amazing greenery that they have created, real greenery, not plastic greenery, but that's the right greenery for turtles <coughs> and, and little little ponds for them and really cool habitats for them to hide in and, and, and dig in and whatever their natural behavior is. And they're really cool to look at, whereas looking at that little green plastic tray was just full-on depressing.
1: It is now, but back then it wasn't. That was state-of-the-art.
0: Well, what, I mean, on a, not that people have ants for pets anymore, but since really this this episode has wound up being Doug and Tracy take a look back at their childhood turtles, what about ant farms? That was something amazing to look at.
1: Yeah, it was. And, you know, they had ant farms and they had ant food and you'd feed your ants and then you'd watch them build their maze of yeah. tunnels. Um, I haven't been in a pet store in years or a pet or a toy store, so um, I've been in pet stores. I've not been in a toy store in years. So I don't know if they still sell those anymore. I have but a I, feeling uh, they
0: sell them and then you send away for the, the ants or the ant eggs or however it all starts.
1: Don't have a clue. I mean, I remember as a kid, I never owned one, but I had friends that did. or We had them in class and they were pretty fascinating to watch the ants Very. make their colonies and do their tunnels and everything else, carry the food down.
0: So if, So if turtles are beloved as pets and you want to have a small turtle... Because maybe you don't have a lot of space or you just like the idea of something small, maybe even reminds you of your own childhood if you're listening and you're oldest dirt like us. What's the best life to give them? And and is it okay to start with a little red eared slider or should we avoid them because we've made such a mess of them in society? And well, we- I, I
1: think red eared sliders are good pets. I mean, they're, again, they have good personalities, they're very active, they live a long time, they're really quite easy keepers. They don't get super large, <laughs> excuse me, maybe um, three-quarters the size of a Frisbee is about as big as they're going to get. Okay. So you don't need a ton of space for them. Um, if you don't want something that requires water infiltration, you can get a small tortoise. And the Greeks and the Herman tortoises, they're, they're European tortoises, but they're readily available in the North American pet trade. Full grown, they get to be about the size of a small softball. Um, oh, really? In, and they live... 30 40 50 years or more if they're properly cared for so they make they got good personalities um so there's there's a lot of different options that you have so Uh,
0: do we recommend that people reach out to a turtle and tortoise society like the one in california and go on maybe their chat place or their information place and go to people who are already aficionados and let them guide you
1: I think that's a really good idea for people to join these special interest yes. groups like Herpetological Societies or Turtle and Tortoise Societies, get to know the people, talk to the people. Frequently when you go to these meetings, they have like display tables and you can see the different animals, oh, you nice. can talk to the breeders, you can you can learn the proper way to take care of them before you get the animal. Thank you. That's the opera yeah. word. Yeah. You don't run to the pet store and do an impulse emotional buy, you know. Do your homework. Decide what you want. Check it out, and then get the the, the necessary uh, housing and accoutrements before you bring the animal home. So when you bring an animal home, it's got the proper house, you know, the proper husbandry management.
0: Yep, that's really the whole point of this show. Is we want you to to not put the cart before the horse. To just do everything in the right sequence and make sure that the animal you're picking is right for your family and your lifestyle. And if you're listening and you're a parent or a grandparent and you think a turtle would be a great, easy pet for your child or your grandchild, it might be, but you really have to make sure that it's going to make sense to the child and not be something they view as a boring toy and gets ignored after a week. It has to be something the child shows a passion for too. So if you're going to go to these displays and there's a child involved in – the, the animal's future life, please bring the child with you and make sure that child's eyes light up when they see these creatures, or mm-hmm. only when one creature makes their eyes light up, then that, that obviously is some kind of a match that might be made in heaven.
1: Dr. Yep, Doug Bader, thank
0: you so much and for giving such a good life to your three tortoises. I love the idea of you having an assistant gardener. Too bad they don't have like a little shovel and they could help you dig,
1: but Oh, they dig. <laughs> some of these big tortoises dig some very, very big holes.
0: <laughs> well, then that gives you inspiration to buy a very large plant to put in it. Thank yep. you so much for your wisdom and, and your love for all these animals. You got it. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets, from ZooBed Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zooprem, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.